Welcome to Stories from the Pitch, a podcast dedicated to creating a living world history about street performing and some of the crazy characters who populate this world. I'm Magic Brian, your host for this growing collection of interviews. In this episode, Al Miller traveled to Kanab, Utah to talk with Bob Bessman, a.k.a. Bob at Large. Bob's one of the hardest working street performers I've ever met. I first met him on Pearl Street in Boulder in 2002. He's the most welcoming performer on the pitch and had an hilarious show that involved the treadmill, amongst many other things. This was early in his street performing career where he displayed just about every skill he had, and he has many. They talk about him starting out and becoming obsessed with juggling at 13, doing the odd gigs, working construction for a time before joining the Jordan International Circus as a teenager. He talks about going to the Adelaide Fringe for the first time and working in Oz, where he really learned to tighten up his show. If you've never met Bob, he's a friendly, down-to-earth kind of guy, and his personality really comes through in this conversation. Enjoy! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Busco Hall of Fame. Stories from the pitch. I'm in Kanab, Utah, with Bob at large, and it's November 2nd, 2019. And I've been here a couple of days, and I've noticed of all the things in the world, I think Bob has one of everything. There's a lot of stuff here, Bob. There's a lot of stuff. So, yeah. did you buy all that stuff from Busking? And, uh, this is just the stuff that isn't put away. This is the stuff that's not put away. <laughs> it's all from Busking. Pretty much. Pretty much. Did you buy it all with dollar bills? Lots. <laughs> Lots of it, yeah. <laughs> so, this is Bob at large, and he is uh, a street performer from Utah, right? Yeah, originally from Minnesota, but yeah, I grew up in Utah. So when did you start street performing? Oh no, when did you start performing? How did it begin for you? My sister's boyfriend had a unicycle when I was in the third grade. Mm. And I learned to ride his unicycle while he was over. It took, you know, three days up and down the neighbor's fence line. Right. Just holding onto the fence. Holding onto the fence yeah. and try to make it across the driveway mm-hmm. and catch the fence on the other side. And yeah. How old were you? Third grade. Yeah, eight years old. Eight. How'd you progress from there? I guess I saw my uncle juggle like some rocks. Another sister's boyfriend mm. juggle oranges or whatever. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Never really caught on or learned how to do it. And then uh, for my 13th birthday, I asked for juggle clubs. So it was and then I was addicted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Steve took his unicycle home. <clears throat> years went by. I didn't ride mm-hmm. a unicycle. It's funny, I got, I got juggling clubs for my birthday one year too, and I might have been about 14 or 15. What kind did you get, do you remember? Mm. What were they? Still have them. The red, blue, and yellow juggle bug. All ah, right. Plastic. I got, um, I got red Henry's albatrosses. Oh, yeah. fancy. Yeah. Well, my cousin had a pair of green ones, and I thought, ah, oh, those are the ones to get. Oh, Mitch? Mitch, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So what did you learn? Did you get like the uh, Dave Finnegan book or how did you learn juggling? Yeah, the complete juggler thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there was a little juggling club in Salt Lake that would get together on Sundays right. in Sugar House or Liberty Park. And then it moved up to Trolley Square, which is a little mall with a big amphitheater space that they would open up to the jugglers. Mm-hmm. And then the YMCA. Salt Lake. Uh, and that was weekly? Yeah, I turned it into much more than weekly. Like the Y would let me in anytime I wanted. So mm. I just locked yeah. myself. Did you learn other stuff there other than juggling? No, I've like rapid fire 
got hooked on juggling, and then it was like mow some fucking lawns and make some cash and go buy juggling. More stuff, more yeah. juggling stuff. Nice. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's cool, man. So you're on the hustle already. You're a teenager. Mowing lawns. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's a good business. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it worked, you know. Yeah, and I had a little green lawnmower, which I had to work off. Right, right. That for my sister's boyfriend. Right. Thirty-five bucks. Had to mow his lawn seven times. Oh yeah. And it was mine. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's cool. And uh, and like, when did you do your first performance? Oh, uh, my very first show was like the neighbors three or four shows down or doors down. Um, had a little birthday party and I just showed up. And did you get any gigs or anything? Uh, later that year, so I started juggling in August. The next, within my first year, the next uh, summer, I was riding my unicycle through West Jordan Park. I had a just dodgy old homemade six foot giraffe that mm-hmm. flexed every time, and the cranks were off center, and oh. the chain had come loose and tight. And, Budgie. Good. <laughs> and then uh, so I was riding that through West Jordan Park and there was a little circus playing there right with the fair they came out and paid me to hire or to, to flyer the area off my unicycle I had a little bowler cap and tails on yeah and, and then I did shows at county fairs with them with that 1847 magic circus I was 13 mm-hmm. I didn't even turn 14 so you had a little act in the circus? Yeah. How long? Couldn't have been more than four or five minutes. Right. They introduced me as uh, uh, Little Bobby, the orphan juggler. Ah. Made up this story about... You should have kept that name, Bert. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and did that like, lead to other things? Or did you have other jobs before you started being a, like, a pro performer? Oh, yeah. I was worked doing something. I, did, mm. I was doing construction, building homes when I was wasn't driving yet so 15 well no my first no second juggling convention that I wanted to go to so 87 Akron Ohio mm-hmm. and then made so maybe 80 no so it was 87 my first juggling convention I had to pay to you know I had to pay for my way so right. uh, my math teacher hired me to help him build his dad's garage right so I was doing construction with my math teacher when I was just 13. And then he, I made enough cash to go get my yeah, right. 400 bucks together. And go to the gig. You started, uh, you, were, you were doing construction and performing as, at the same time, like making money performing or not? A little bit, you know, like you do. Uh, so Jack Hart was the producer of mm-hmm. the circus. Right. And he had, he would do... Uh, corporate magic shows and stuff like that. He always he hired me as a um, juggling spot in his magic show. Yeah. So I'd get my you know one hundred and twenty five dollar gigs here. And where there. where did like the tour around? Uh, Salt Lake, you know, play the hotel showroom ballrooms right. when right. a corporate event would happen, and and then we do like disabled American veteran shows in Pocatello mm. and Boise. And, yeah, right on. Yeah, the little stuff you do and walk around gigs, you know, because I got into magic. Shortly after then, it was just uh, like I was hooked. I did 
cigar boxes, mm -hmm. balance and juggling, devil sticks, Diablo, unsupported ladder. You see your treadmill over there. Treadmill, <laughs> yeah. The treadmill became part of the act at some point. Much, much, much later. Much. That's like, that brought me back to it. Like, right. that's... So you, you were in it for a while and then you, you gave it away. Yeah, so I, just after high school, so I kept doing my thing, magic, juggling, whatever. Just after high school, I was doing uh, construction, full-time construction worker, and a circus came through town, the Jordan International Circus, it was called at that time. And I went down and auditioned. Mm. They uh, Did you I, just kind of roll up? Or they yeah, had just yeah. rolled up, started yeah. talking. Yeah, that's cool. They said, all right. Come back tomorrow and audition live in the show. Right. They put you on. That's cool. Which was terrifying. Right? Yeah. Did you make any mistakes? The whole thing was a mistake. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. I went home, made a makeshift costume, right? Got the suspenders and yada yada. Did you have music or something? Or? I was on with the two. There were two other jugglers oh, on I the see. side rings. They put right. me in the center ring. Right. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Right. None. No, just threw me to the wolves out there and right juggle, go juggle and be entertaining. And no, everything went bad. I mean, I did good tricks, yeah, but my suspenders were falling off. I dropped. I had no. I was terrified of the audience. I right. couldn't make eye contact or no. It, 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 the only it had to be more uncomfortable for everybody in that coliseum <laughs> than it was for me. And so, what they say afterwards? You're, you're hired. Oh, cool. <laughs> and uh, how much how much did you make back then? Like so my deal that for that was pretty raw, um, but it was an opportunity. It was a foot in the door, so I couldn't say no. I didn't want to say no. Yeah, it was a real show yeah. going. It's like from there we from Salt Lake. It was three days to Spokane, or I mean we were going to be in Spokane, and there were three days between gigs. They're like, look, you can travel with the show. We'll carry your equipment. Mm -hmm. You and here's the deal. You help set up and tear down yep. concessions and sell, making yeah. 15 points, Yeah. Um, whatever needs to be sold in the seats. If you don't make $300 in a week, we will make up the difference. So if I only make mm -hmm. my 15% only brings me 220 bucks, then right. I make $80 for my juggling act. I see. So from there, it was like, okay, I'll take it, show up. The day that we're supposed to leave, and they swing the crummy door open on the travel on the semi trailer. Right. There's not even beds in there yet. So there's not even a, there's just a little window cut in the door of yeah. the semi trailer. <laughs> and I just I was standing there, and I remember my mom was there, and my dad. That's your gonna fly. That's your accommodation. Yeah, that was my travel. That was my life. Was going to be in that. That's trailer uh -huh. with nothing in it. Just the front little, you know, 10-foot bit, right. which hadn't been built out yet. They flushed yeah. it out and put eight bunks in there, you know. So right. even see. the only thing worse than that would be to share it with seven other guys. <laughs> so I bought a little minivan. Yeah. My dad's girlfriend co-signed a minivan for me, and I met him in. And they thought they'd never mm. see me again, but I made it to... You started sleeping in the car. Yeah. Right. Yeah, nice. And by the end of that year... So like we're rolling through the year. I meet this guy, Maurice St. Jules. We were playing Syracuse, New York. Mm -hmm. 
So near Montreal, he says, hey, I have a plate spinning act and the chair balancing act for sale. If you can come up to mm. get it up in uh, Ottawa. Right. So it's like, okay, this is great. But meanwhile, I'm just scraping by on 300 bucks a week, yeah, keeping yeah, a vehicle yeah. on the road, yeah. feeding myself, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. So I asked the producer for a loan mm. for like 700 bucks. Right. So he gave me the 700 bucks and I drove back from there. Our next gig, this routing made perfect sense, you know. It was like Utah, Spokane, Washington, Edmonton, Alberta. Right. And then we were in Syracuse, New York. Right. From Syracuse, New York, back to Rapid City, South Dakota. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a big trip. And then what? You had to learn the, the, the acts, right? Yep. I pull over at rest stops and do, you know, practice handstands. I didn't know how to do a handstand. Right. You know, I'm out there on my chairs trying to learn how to do handstands. Did anyone give you any guidance from the show? Any Not acrobats? in the beginning. No. no. Mm. There's a funny story about the Rollabola later. The one guy asked about uh, years later. Hey, I want to do it because I'm not a great hand balancer, but right. I did the chairs. Yeah, we're jumping around in time again here, but uh, no, you, you learn. You learn at the rest stop. You're doing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Practicing right. where I can, like freezing cold, middle of winter. Right. We get to the summer date, so now we're doing overnighters through all of mostly Western United States, mm -hmm. like. But big jumps, 250, followed by 300, followed by, you know, and I'm still doing the same thing. And this is every day, seven days a week yeah. for, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once in a while, we'll hit a big town. We'll play Grand Junction. We'll be there for two days. Right. Know? Is this the tent show? No, open air. Oh. Like a rodeo red type. Right. So we're just playing rodeo arenas. Right on. Oh, that's cool. Part. At this time. Early yeah. in the season, it's all big shrine dates. Right. The Olympic Saddle Dome, the, you know, the Sky Reach Center, and mm -hmm. Edmonton, all the big, the Astro Dome, right, all the right. big arenas. Eventually, Johnny realized, the producer was like, shit, this kid's never going to pay me back. <laughs> money, you know? yeah. So he's like, here's the deal. You don't have to help set up or tear down concessions anymore. You nice. don't have to sell in the seats. They'll give right. you 15 bucks a show. You work doors and intermission. Right. And I'm going to start paying you $300 a week for your juggling act. Nice. So it's like, oh, great. And you don't get to keep any of your concessions money, the 240 right. bucks or whatever yeah, yeah, a yeah. week's work was there. Yeah. I'm keeping that until the loan's paid off, mm -hmm. and then you can have the extra. Right. So it's like, oh, great. I'm going to be up to 550 bucks. I'm 19. This is yeah. fucking sweet shit. Brilliant. I'm in a van. I'm seeing the world. This yeah, is great. Yeah. There's another juggler on the show, Tito Valencia is riding a bicycle and he collides coming through the cars hmm. with another kid on a bicycle right. and breaks his arm. Okay. So and you were doing a team act with him or no, no, he had he his was, own act? It was a competition, but oh, they canned his ass because oh. he couldn't juggle anymore. And they said, Hey, the chairs are in. Beauty. So $200 a week for the chairs. Right. So now I'm up to 700 bucks. Yes. You know, it's five months later, four months later, I can, do my little, you know, I look like Elmer Fudd doing handstands. <laughs> I never, I didn't train properly. Right. You know, I was just He's a kid going yourself. for it. Yeah. Yeah. So there were some people who were helpful. Mm -hmm. I remember Serge Borello, right. who's like a, who's a great friend. He was a concessions manager then. Mm -hmm. But I was practice, I came in to talk to him one day and he did bounding rope. Right. Like the best bounding rope in the world in his time, mm. you know. I said, Serge, can you come watch my show? 
tell me um, what you think, you know, yeah. how's it, how it's coming along. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that, so later that night, I come back to help count the night's concessions money and novelty money at his trailer. I said, so did you come to see the show, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, yeah, I, I watched it at the, you know, and he says, yeah, I saw, I saw the beginning. I said, well, what do you think? He says, I don't know, how did it end? <laughs> you made me so uncomfortable, I had to leave. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So it must He's be... like, what's wrong? Why can't you just look at the audience and say thank you? What, what, what are you afraid of? So, so you've been in front of the crowd all that time, you still couldn't really look at them? Never really connected, didn't know how to move. You, you know, you look at kids that are raised in it and they know what to they do know with their do, hands. The and poses and, to, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. And mm-hmm. when you just, you know, a dairy farmer from Minnesota. Uh, so you traveled with that show for what, how long? Four or five years. Wow. How did that transition into busking? So my first year I drove through Boulder, Colorado on some time off. Mm-hmm. Heard about the pitch there. Went and watched. And what did you see in Boulder? Johnny Fox, Kenny Lightfoot, Jimmy Crisco, uh, Peter Davidson, John Held. Uh-huh. The list goes on. I don't remember. There was Zippy was there just starting the zip code thing. Right. You know? And so you weren't working the pits. You just kind of had seen. I went in. Yeah, I went in, and they said, "No, you just got to get in line." So I went out there, but I got nothing. And right. Johnny Fox, you know, after watching me, it's like. I could juggle five clubs on top of a, on foot plates on a seven foot ladder, yeah. you know. Right. But I didn't have a personality, you right? Know? And no he, one Johnny, was like, uh, nobody wants to gymnastics or wants to watch gymnastics. Don't be a technical geek, right? It's like great. That's that's what I am. That's yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. No, but it was good. It was, and he was he was really you know, friendly and encouraging, but at mm-hmm. the same time, there's no way to, well, I'm not a fast learner at mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. I'm a, just a stubborn practitioner. Right. Yeah. And so what, how long did you um, stay in Boulder and do shows? A couple of days. Oh, I only tried one during prime, like during the proper queue. Right. And then I remember I had my unicycle leaned against the kiosk uh, pitch. Yeah which was the main pitch. The other one hadn't been opened yet. Uh-huh. And my unicycle fell somehow. And Jimmy Crisco was like, oh, shit, it's back here. You know, there everybody was a little... Right, a little tense. Uh-huh. Yeah. And intimidating. And I just sat back and watched everyone. And then I was... I wouldn't come out and work then. Right. Until everybody left. Right. And then I'd come out and do something at night. And I remember being... I was flat-ass broke. Yeah. This is before I was getting paid for my other act, right, too, yeah, yeah. earlier in the season. Yeah. And I remember pulling into Taco Bell because there were, and I was, my tank was on empty. Mm-hmm. It was like 11 o'clock at night, and they had 27 cent seven layer burritos. Huh. And I Bargain. pulled the, you know, like 27 and like 32 cents <laughs> thing. Oh, man. And I bought a burrito, and I was like, I got to go fucking do shows. Right. Or I got to call home. Yeah, yeah. And that was just not a... Yeah, you don't want to do that. Nah, you don't want to ask your folks for cash when you're out there. Uh-uh. Yeah. Gotta go. It wasn't pretty. So the first, that's the first experience you had with it, and you continued with the circus show. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when did you become, like, uh, when did you try it again? 
I'd stop at Boulder a time or two, little mm -hmm. things, but never had anything going on, you know. Right, right. Um, Tom was nice to me. Yeah. yeah. Tom Arson. Is that his last name? Yeah. That's his unicycle love. Oh, you've got his unicycle? Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah, and he kind of gave me, you know, do the, hey, let's hear it for five clubs, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, here's the thing, just put a little, try to teach me some structure to get yeah. something going. It never, and I was doing like a, you know, a fire juggle finish on a unicycle or right. something probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and, always a good first show. Yeah. Or a bowling ball machete and torch, actually, mm. I bet is what I was doing. Because right. I was, that was something I just learned how to do when yeah, I was young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, how long, did, what made you end up, like, finish with the circus? Um, yeah, two I came here to Canab. Yeah. Had a, my girlfriend at the time, you know, was interested in the animal sanctuary that's here. So right. I was like, okay, we've got some time off. We'll go there, do this thing. Um, and maybe I can go and you can stay some. I called the agent one night, you know, saying, hey, Billy Woods was the guy that used to book me a bit. And I right. Said, you got some work? He says, Call me back a day or two later. Say, yeah, I got this. Bounce it off. My girlfriend didn't settle right. I didn't right. feel like this, that. So I did that twice right. and said no to gigs. And then I just uh, and then that was it. Quit. Right. And what like was that. the next thing from there? Building catteries and right. construction. So you're here. living here in Canab. Started up getting back in the construction and doing yeah whatever. And, right. Uh, and I went to the meantime, while I tried to get into fairs, mm -hmm. went to the IAFE a couple of years, did a couple with that same magician, Jack Hart. He was doing a hypnosis show and we right. worked a few different fairs at the Western or RMAF. Mm -hmm. When I was leaving the circus, I wanted to retheme my juggling act mm -hmm. or my rollabola act. I had built these surf looking props. Right. Oh, you had the pineapples in that? Uh -huh. Yeah. So I finished with that, and then I wanted to do the fairs. And the only thing that I knew, the only material I had ever done was like hacky stuff that I learned, listened, and repeated. Right. And then I went to a juggling convention one time. That Scott Meltzer gave this thing. And he really is an advocate of, like, go do your show exactly as you do. Record it. Right. Listen to it. Cut every hat line in oh, your show, yeah. even if it's eighty percent. Yeah. Or you know, I don't know what his numbers were, but even if it's you know fifty percent shorter, it's going to be eighty percent better. Better. Yeah. And yeah, that's uh, it. It's uh, it's hard to shed that stuff in the beginning because it's all you've got. You don't. I know. took seven years off, and especially when you're trying to sell that yeah. to get paid. Real money from fairs, somebody else's material just didn't jive with me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you took seven years off performing. Mm -hmm. And what drew you back? I was sitting in the chair recovering from hernia surgery. Mm. Bought my girlfriend a treadmill for Christmas or something like that. Yeah. Probably Valentine's Day. I don't know. Right. I don't know what it was. Anyway, got a, we had a treadmill and it was sitting there in the corner. And I looked up and my unicycle was hanging from the ceiling above it. Ah. And it was like... Birth of a new act. I wonder if I... You know, I was loaded on pain pills. Still. I was like right out of the <laughs> hospital, you know, yeah. just sitting there in the recliner. And, and so, yeah, two days later I was... Trying it. Trying it. I was like, this is going to work. 
riding right. a unicycle on a treadmill. Exactly. And juggling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. that was the right. naturally the evolution of it. Yeah, right? yeah. Which way would you face? Forward. You'd face that and there was enough room to juggle? like. Well, I tried. That was a series of trial and tribulations because it's mm. like the first thing I did is just learn on a direct drive 20-inch wheel. Yeah, yeah. And get the hang of it. Then it's like, okay, well, this isn't going to work because I can't juggle. Right. The display's right there. Yeah. I can't. What am I going to do here? Great. I'm riding in the right yeah. So I put the six-footer on it. Oh. And that's a lot of, you get a lot of travel space keeping your balance, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. idling on that. Yeah. And then I had built this tiny little penguin-type unicycle years before. Like with a, like a small wheel? Small, no, small chain. The chain's probably only 18 inches. Yeah. You know, so directly above the wheel was a crank. Mm -hmm. And I was going to learn to handstand and ride a unicycle. It was what I built it. Right, right, right. So then it was like, all right, this is something that hasn't been done. Maybe, and I've got, you know, years of hanging out and bullshitting and rubbing shoulders and not developing a personality, you know. Yeah. Talking shit and having fun with my friends. Right. You figure out how to hook it up without power? No, or? at the first year. So then I took it. It's like, okay, this is cool. This is worth pursuing. I'm going to take this to Boulder. Right. And see what happens. But I, I've never written a joke in my life. Right. So, I mean, even to this day. <laughs> and uh, I just took it to Boulder to see what would happen. Yeah and started putting it together. I did put it in as my finale, and the show was coming along since then. Yeah, that initial season, like a lot of things happened. That's where I, the first chanting, somebody else, they just, the crowd just started chanting. Bob, yeah. Bob, Bob. And then suddenly it was just like I realized that, and Kenny Lightfoot came down the mall one day when I was on the unicycle, and he's yeah. like, Bob, I didn't know what was going on. He's like, that was your in full situational comedy. I haven't heard consistent laugh after laugh after laugh after like, it's there. Time. Keep doing this, yeah. you know? And it was just me just going through the, just working it out. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you learn a little something and how can I recreate that? And then mm-hmm. that was funny. Okay, this, try that. Blah blah blah. Build, build, build. Yeah, yeah. And so that was your finale. What what else were you doing in the show? Um, what else were they doing in the show? Yeah. Cigar box routine. Uh-huh. Diablo. <laughs> uh huh. Five clubs on the rollabola. Right. Uh, two boards, two cylinders, and hula hooping at the same time. So way too five much. cylinders. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was doing the pop up tricks that I do yeah, with the yeah yeah off the board. Um, a lot. That was a long show, eh? It was plenty. It was a lot of, with a, yeah, with a lot of, and for my next trick, yeah, you know, yeah. as segue type. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it started to come together, right. and then it was like, I, I, and then I got. So Bold is the place where your street show came together, and you cut your teeth no, there? No, sort of. I, I feel like Adelaide's where I cut. Really? Oh. Yeah. How soon after Boulder did you So I did that. For Boulder for a couple of weeks, but I wasn't getting paid. 
Right. Isak was like, what's going on? You're getting crowds. You're not getting paid. Right. Yada, yada. Yeah. What was it? What, what he, it was, uh, well, I discovered in Adelaide exactly what you said, too much going on. Too much, yeah. And, uh. Yeah, Australia, they weren't hanging around for that. No, it's too hot. They'll melt. Yeah, exactly. But before that, I got on Letterman with the treadmill. I took it from there. Uh, and then it's like I came home. And did they contact you or you contact them? I went up. I heard they were doing a stupid human trick audition. At right. Lake, so I'm like, what the hell? Go do it. Grab my unicycle and. Nice. I brought some rollerball stuff too, but they didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a great stupid human trick. That's super cool. And so did they, did that um, did that help? Did you get anything uh, happening from not one gig on Letterman? Not one. No, but I'm a terrible promoter. I don't. Know <laughs> I still don't get gigs. To what speak was your What was your stage name back then? Uh, like I had, uh, I was kind of the tipsy turvy juggler. Mm. Is what I was trying to do. With, which what does that even mean? You know, I was right. on rollerball or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, had the long ponytail, right? Yeah. The mullet. Yeah, the, the mullet, and then it went from I grew everything out, and, and then it just looked like a mullet because I went bald up front. <laughs> Skull. Yeah. So you went to Australia. Like, when did that happen? Uh, again, Kenny Lightfoot. Right. He said, "Go work down on." He just said, "That's fucking great. You learned how to build." He probably didn't drop the f bomb because he doesn't. <laughs> but uh, he said uh, we were talking on the phone about something he said you've learned how to build a house now go learn how to build a crowd and he really pushed me to go to, to Australia yeah. just to Australia and I'd been through a divorce and I didn't have any cash I had this huge nut because I left with lots of debt right and I'm like, fuck I can't really I don't want to not pay my bills mm. it's gonna cost a bunch of cash terrified you know yeah well, did you and take a treadmill to Australia no no but I took way too much crap yeah you and took all the other stuff my girlfriend walked in the house one day and well actually this was when I was in Boulder mm -hmm. when she gave me a car the basically flyer miles so here it is the world you know mm -hmm. it gave me a ticket Right. So she got by a ticket, and then that was before, a while before, and then she actually gave me a check for ten thousand bucks. Wow! Put this in the bank. Your bills are covered. Right. Go see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's cool. It was, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, Kick off your career. Yeah, without any words. And slit her throat at the same time. Right. I'm gone all the time. No, you're gone all the time. It's like, what happened? You know, I yeah. was done with work and yeah. playing all the time, rock climbing and having fun. Oh, that's amazing. So she was there in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. What year uh, did you go to Australia? 08. Right. Oh, wow. 2008. Man. And we met there then, right? 2009. Oh, nine. We right. met. Darling yeah. Harbour. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Adelaide was great um, because I go there, I get off the plane, I've got, I bring some rock climbing stuff too. Because, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, I was way into climbing at the time. Yeah. And uh, I remember walking down the street and run the mall, mm -hmm. all my equipment, all my stuff, you know, I look like a circus train all yeah. by myself, you know, yeah. uh, on a big old wooden pack, uh, like, 
road case right. that was going to be my table, yeah, yeah, yeah. yada, yada. And I remember walking down the street, and I stopped for this act. And I was like, what the hell? This guy is not doing anything. <laughs> it was a lot of these people watching. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be a piece of cake. Right, because he's, he's doing not, nothing, he's a, and he's a he's big crowd. He's doing nothing. Yeah. And I blew back. Little did I know that it was like 35 degrees. Right. And there were four rows of people sitting down in the blazing sun, and it wow. was JP killing time for his three minutes. Yeah. Like, they had no idea I was watching a miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that shouldn't even happen. Almost identical thing happened to me. Yeah, it was just, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was walking in Circular Quay with my buddy. And we see this crowd and we go over there and there's this guy with a beard and a fire torch and he's talking. And we sit down and we're watching and he doesn't do much. He's just talking and it's, okay, this is funny. But anyway, we get up, we walk off, we go and get something to eat, we get a drink, we come back, he's still there, the crowd's bigger and he's still just standing there <laughs> with a fire torch talking. And I was like, what is this guy with? So we had to stay and watch. <laughs> but that's crazy that you just happened upon JP. And uh, just the way that I thought, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake, yeah. and then proceeded to just get my ass handed to me. Yeah. And I was dying over there, and it was a record heat wave year. Mm. Wow. That's fine. And that was during the festival? Mm hmm So you'd heard about Adelaide Festival? From Kenny. He's From like, Kenny. go see what happens. Right. He spent the month there. Yep. And then I went to Perth. And but while I was there, I was dying. I was like, and I was I, that's when I started logging every dollar I made, mm. every dollar I spent. Because yeah. I was basically riding on a, what I considered a ten thousand dollar loan. Right. By the end of all of that, things weren't going real good. I knew that I was gonna have to make, you know, two something a day and like literally it was terrible. Mm -hmm. Me and Shiva Grange were passing back the same five dollar note paying each other you know oh, yeah. like we were I was getting hammered I yeah. would do a trick build a crowd and they'd leave my uh -huh. show just breathed yeah, know, yeah like yeah. breath yeah. Right? it opened it closed it opened it closed it's a one trick pony in Australia mate you know I still show. I figured it out yeah. but it's not a you know I still had to keep some of my integrity of my for me I'm a, I'm a juggler and I am that that geek that yeah. loved to juggle you know? yeah, 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 and I wanted to keep my skills, mm -hmm. so I, th I think I keep a fair balance of that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's definitely locked, and I can work Australia. I know it. You know? Yeah, so yeah. It's like that. I love Australia. So you didn't really crack it in Adelaide. I was losing, um, and then Scoot says came in and helped me out. Mate, here's what you got to do. And we went yeah. off and had a barbecue up, yeah. uh, in some little. Town, I forget the name of the town. Right. Me, Scoot, Basketball Jones, mm -hmm. Michelle. And I had my first ever $1,000 day there. Oh, wow. And it was like... At a, at a little festival? No, at Adelaide. Uh, Adelaide Mall. Oh, and right. between that and the garden. And it right. was started to... So like my last weekend there, it kicked. And then I went up to Perth mm -hmm. and just... The numbers are... You're doing it. This is happening. Yeah, yeah. And I took the punt. I remember the Frio Festival was going on. Yeah. It's like, God, this is, you know. And the train was broken to, because there was a Good Friday draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Cicerellos that I had been invited to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 
So I, but the train was broken. So God, it's a $50 cab ride. And I'm starting to make a little bit of money, but mm -hmm. not that much, you know? It's like, do I take a $50 cab ride out there for, and then Maybe I'll lose so. my shot on the mall yeah. today? Yeah. And I went out there and had like a $1,200 day on Cicero's. Oh, nice. It's like, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. And things were working, you know. People were enjoying the show. I just wouldn't, well, and I wouldn't make eye contact for ever. Right. In the beginning, I just went out and talked and kind of did this warm up thing, but really learned how you have to, you really got to win people over and make them try, give them something that they want to trust you. Yeah. If you get them to like you, and they'll give you their wallet. Yeah. You know? So, uh, so there's more Perth there, or you, you kept traveling Perth. in Australia? Oh, yeah. Uh, stayed in Perth. Um, made enough money to. The Asta came over. I took yeah. the last week off. We rented a minivan. Mm -hmm. um, I paid for the whole trip. We drove up to Monkey Maya. Right on. Got the hotel, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Checked out Calvary. Mm -hmm. Came back down, did a couple of shows in Perth, went down to Margaret River, you know. Yeah. And so after that was all said and done, because I started logging every dollar in, yeah. every dollar out. Right. Wow. And uh, when we landed back in the States, I was $40 ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. And then but uh, a lifetime. I mean, it just, it just changed my life. And yeah. Since then, it's... Mate, Australia, it'll turn any street show into a working, workable, anywhere show. It's the training ground. That's where you go. If, if you, you got wanna... the heart to... Yeah. It is, it, or it'll send you packing. Yeah. Yeah, one or the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, there's a reason that all the Aussie acts you see around the world are kicking ass. Yeah, it's them. hard there. It's hard to learn. So you go, first place I went overseas was Vancouver, and I couldn't believe how easy it was to get a crowd. First show there, I'm on like... You just blew it up. Byron's I can like, Byron's like, ah, I don't work here. It's a tough pitch. And I was like, this, is a, this looks good to me. And it was just so easy. I mean, crowd, crowd, crowd. And then he took me to English Bay. and Everywhere I went after Australia was just like easy. But then you go back to Australia, like, oh, yeah, that's right. Every, every other show <laughs> yeah. is going to be <laughs> really hard work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, working out. The mall there in Perth, and the kids had just got out of school. The teenagers, you mm. know, I'm standing on my five stack holding the pole, and I get these kids laughing and heckling up top. Yeah. And I see a French fry come in right mm. from the balcony, coming mm. down at me, and it like lands a little bit short up front. Yeah. The next thing you know, I'm doing my hat line. I just out of the corner of the eye, my eye, I see this hot, juicy sausage just uh, spinning through the air and slap me in the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You couldn't avoid it. I, I, what am I going to do? I'm stuck You're in my rollerball. I'm stuck in my smacked in the face with a sausage. Oh, man. And wow. I love that. I, I, I yeah. still love it when <laughs> shit like that happens. Because it was harmless, you know. Right. But so you came home with 40 bucks in your pocket. Mm -hmm. And then what? You came back to Kanab. Mm -hmm. And how did you continue? Climbed. Yeah. How did you continue? Did some construction. Didn't do anything until... What did I do next after that? 
you know, I went back to Adelaide the next year. Right, so you waited. Oh, no. So after that, then I went up to Edmonton. Oh, uh, And I worked the Edmonton. Sharon Mahoney was like, either go to Edmonton or Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah. And I applied for Edmonton. I got in. Mm. It turns out that was their, like, luau year or something. It's like, yeah, I've got a surf act. Right. You know, so I like, do you build all this just for the fringe? It's like, no. Yeah. But oh, that's I'm cool. Happy to come up. Oh, so at that point you were still doing all the surf and the boards and everything. I was way too much equipment. Right, know? right. And right. Spin was like, this is great. You know, he said, to him, come and watch my show, you know. Yeah. And uh, just give you an idea of what this kid. So he was doing a show on the mall mm -hmm. um, for the festival, the Buskers Festival was going I see. on at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I sat down and watched him. And he's like, you just got to relax, chill a little, but... And I never, like, I took that to heart. And I love Spin. He's one of my favorite acts. Yeah. And I learned a lot from him, but I don't do anything he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't practice. It's like, there's ways to do I can see what he achieved. Yeah. But I don't take the same road to get there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't settle down. I don't spin. You can just watch. You, you just want to sit down and you feel like you're at a, a picnic, you yeah. know, and you didn't, you know. Yeah, it's pretty Some nice guy just showed up and yeah. you know, he's oh, doing these cool guy. tricks and yeah. these silly little, yeah, and that's not me. Right. That's uh, cool. Yeah, Mr. Spin was around when I first started going to Adelaide, probably in like 97, 98. Mm -hmm. He was on the pitch there and we were doing shows. It was fun because he was, you know, he was just starting out as well. And uh, I was just like, this guy is crazy skill, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And the people love, they connect with him. Yeah, yeah. And he was a worker too, every day he'd be out there. I haven't seen his show that many times, but no. I, I saw that at that festival. He told me, this is good, your prop, everything, your tricks are good, mad, love yeah. the skills. It's yeah. like, just uh, if you could figure out how to slick it up a bit. Right. Like make it a little bit... A bit tighter. A little bit tighter, a little yeah. bit more compact. And so that was the project <clears throat> through the winter was to come up with the cylinders that are right, right behind you there. Yeah. And put the kit together. And that's when I came up with that little table. And when did Bob at Lads uh, become a thing? Um, I just had that idea. I was doing a little um, Christmas park in Phoenix. Right. And I just had the idea of Bob at Large. You know, yeah, right. Like, it was before blogging and all that. But I'm like, eh, it's just not Bob. It's, but... That Bob, Bob, Bob thing had mm -hmm. started, and it's like, oh, maybe people like this, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's like, uh, there's more to tell, and not just, you know, yeah. would it be fun to tie some other stuff in? Yeah, which yeah. I never did. I haven't, like I said, I don't, I'm mm -hmm. not a good promoter and didn't have any interest in keeping a blog page going. So Now, I mean, you like transitioned into being like one of the hardest working street performers out there. Like, you're a workhorse, man. You do like six shows a day, every day, for weeks at a time, right? Sometimes. Sometimes. When you go to work, you go to work. When I go to work, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. I go to work. So you then live in the countryside, yeah. and you go somewhere to work, and you just work your ass off. I mean, that's what it takes to take your show to the next level, is mm -hmm. do lots and lots of shows. Lots of shows, and pay it, stay present, mm -hmm. pay attention. So you went to Edmonton, and uh, did you get any other festivals or anything that, then, or back then? Or you, Nope. Next one with Adelaide. The next one, I went back to Adelaide. No, I went to Sydney because yeah. I met Bike Boy. Right. And uh, 
he wanted to gamble a game of pool with me, 50 bucks, you know, <laughs> and if uh, and if he loses and I get the 50 bucks, I'm like, no, I don't even want to take this bet. I get 50 bucks and he's like, and you can stay at my house when you come, if you come, when you come to Sydney. Right. And I was like, and you'll give me prime time on your pitch. Right. And he's like, deal, mate. And I whipped his ass at pool. Nice. <laughs> you know, I hung around for a little while looking for a place to stay. Right. And I stayed at uh, yeah in Kings Cross. Oh, cool! Yeah, that used to be a place uh, that lots of street performers stayed back in the day when I first started. Hmm. You had like um, uh, Melvin and Rusty sharing a place up there, and uh, like a lot of the internationals would live up there. Like you get a weekly rate on a little room, hmm. and there was a pitch. It used to be a pitch in Kings Cross, so you could do shows there at like one in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Would have been pretty rough, I imagine. Yeah, I tried it a couple of times, and you can basically do or say anything up there mm-hmm. and uh, get away with it. Um, and uh, yeah, the shows were tough, but it didn't make me want to do it all the time, but I did it a few times. I did not. No. I remember walking to work one morning early, because, and I burnt the wheels off my suitcase in no time, you know, because uh, I was just yeah. a little Samsonite and kit was way too heavy the heat was way too yeah hot. yeah the wheels just melted but oh, i remember gosh. walking down the road with my three-wheeled unicycle and my big red box you know i uh, headed to the train station or whatever it was and getting approached by a hooker that wanted to she's like hey you want to start your weekend a little early i'm like it's <laughs> wednesday at 8 a.m <laughs> I think that's a little early. Oh know? man, that's pretty funny. But that's what I remember about King's Cross. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that was my, and then I just um, I might have ended. I Bike Boy had a throwdown with this guy. Yada yada. He ended up leaving. All right. And I went back. You went back. Stayed with Bike Boy, but nice. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, how long, how long did you work Sydney? And that's that's when we met. That's when we met. Okay, Darling Harbour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. JP told me he's like Bob. Go watch the show. It's perfect. Oh, me? <laughs> it's a perfect pyramid. That's what he said. Right, right. It's yeah. a perfect pyramid. This yeah. is Start on the ground, end up high. Done. Right. Just the, the build, though, too. Just the, Yeah, keep it simple. Simplify. That's and that's it. what I, like, I remember doing five shows in the blazing sun. Right. While everybody sat and got drunk in the pub behind me. Yeah. 40 degrees out. Yeah. Yes, part of the reason I don't drink is because I started at that pitch. Mm-hmm. And people would be drunk in the bar and not able to do their shows, and I would just go out there and do them. Clean it up. Yeah. Well, they were, you know, I was the one who was acting like a drunk guy out there doing oh, yeah. Yeah, five shows in, in the 40 sun. degrees. Oh, for, man. It literally was. It yeah. was just 40 degrees Celsius for the listeners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are pretty rough days at, at Darling Harbour. That's that I didn't enjoy Sydney much. Yeah. It was a Darling Harbor was, I had a couple of good shows. Circular Key was, you know, that train rattling over my head yeah, all the yeah. time. The buses. The, Noisy. You know, I remember Bike Boy on his handlebars throwing a chainsaw and people like walking right next to Like he couldn't, yeah. like they just walked past it. Yeah. They were so jaded there. Yeah, yeah. And it felt like the biggest city in the country, you know. Yeah. Like people were on a treadmill, and it just 
Yeah. It was definitely my least favorite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not easy. But then you watch Bendy come out and just whip her little <laughs> festival show out of her back pocket anytime right. she wants. It's yeah. Like, so that that would be kind of Sydney, and then you went back to Adelaide. I called. Uh, yeah, I did Sydney. Yeah, Sydney, and then I talked to you. I had talked to Brendan, met Brendan the year before, yeah. and I talked. And you're like, Bob, I just got. Uh, I can't do Frio. There's a spot. Yeah. Why don't you call Brendan? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I did, and um, I was like, "Look, man, I'd love to do it." He's like, "I don't know this, that, and the other." I'm like, "Well, here's the thing. I'm gonna book me. I'm flying back to the states today because this place sucks, you know? right? And yeah. I would like to go home and recalibrate, and then I'll come back for your festivals." Yeah, and. He was like, yeah, let's do it. So I did. Great. Yeah. It was a big one. It was good. It was yeah. your first like, big uh, street performance festival. For sure. Yeah. yeah. First big, big hats, you know. Yeah, first, yeah. You know, I did pretty well. I did surprisingly well in Edmonton even like yeah, that yeah. first year because I got the stages. Yeah. And actually, you could work the streets at the same time. So I was mm -hmm. doubling up. and. And I was working every spot I could work. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. That's the way to make money there. No, it used to be. It's, it's mm. all kind of scheduled now. But uh, same as Edinburgh. You ever do Edinburgh? Uh, five or six times, I think. Oh, you did. Right, right. Yeah, not, not, um, never for the whole run. Mm -hmm. But I started working, you know, I'd go over and work in Dublin. And right, right. Bounce around in Norway and then come out and... So tell uh, tell a story. What happened when you were in Fremantle? Because you came, you went, you came from Fremantle to Boston, right? Oh, that yeah, fiasco. So yeah. I go to Perth to work, not and I was doing. I'd work Fremantle, but this isn't festival related. This yeah. is years later, so I'm pretty solid at this point. Yeah, I heard that. You know, I got accepted for an audition to the Boston program, mm -hmm. which at that time you had to show up in April. Yeah, to get it. Yeah. Every year, I do that every yeah. year, yeah. Which, it's like, eh, I'm thinking, is it worth it, is it not? I should, you know, I, I'm, at, I'm new in the game, I better go yeah. try, I better go see. Yeah, yeah. Even though I knew I was going to be making money in Perth, because I, I knew the drill. Mm -hmm. It was really comfortable for me. So I called him up, I said, look, I'm in West Australia. Yeah. The most remote capital city in the world. <laughs> I'm a long way from Boston. Is it really worth it for me to, you know, is this, should I be coming, yeah. ending my season here and coming there for this audition? Mm -hmm. Basically saying, are you going to hire me? Yeah. If I, and they're like, yeah, oh yeah, come on for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they said, yeah, it's worth it, you know, whatever. So I had suffered through the sh crap shows before the school holidays, mm -hmm. suffering out there on the mall. Yeah. And then you get good shows through the holidays. And uh, so I flew back to Boston, or I flew from Perth to Adelaide, Wellington, or I mean Wellington, but Auckland mm -hmm. into uh, San Francisco, into Vegas, jumped in a, my car, drove three hours home, right. woke up, slept night, you know, it took like 36 hours to get home or something oh, from over there. Yeah, yeah. And then slept... Here, woke up, mowed the lawn, drove to Las Vegas, <laughs> got on an airplane, 
flew to Boston, yeah. got up to, called you, it was late when I got in because the flight was yeah. a layover and, and so I got a motel room, got my shit together, went to the pitch in the morning, you know, all this pressure, you get 10 minutes, don't go over, be on right. time, blah, yeah. blah, blah, I show up, you know, and the acts there were like, oh, hi, Bob, you know, I'm not saying who, but, it, but it's like another, you know, which I'll say is completely different from Australia. Yeah. It was so inviting and yeah, yeah, yeah. open yeah. and welcoming. Like I just showed up and I was invited to the Frio draw. Right, right. You know, yeah. every spot, hey, here's the deal. Yeah. Come out, you know, yeah. give it a nudge, mate, you know. And uh, I get to Boston. Wacky Chad's pogo stick won't go together. Right, so he's having problems. He's like, "Oh shit, can, can you go on early, Bob, and cover my?" Right. So I'm like, "Fine, I'll go on early." Yeah, and I go out there, to, and, I, and I told, I started my bit, my ten minutes, yeah, exactly like that. So like, I was, you know, you know, forty eight hours ago, I was here. Yeah. I flew from here to here to here to here, drove here, then you know, yeah. three hundred miles home, slept, woke up, mowed the lawn, blah blah blah, and now I'm here. You know, which just got right away. They were yeah. like, yeah, look. And yeah. Then, did my thing and you killed, killed it. it. Yeah, you rocked it. You got a big crowd. Blew it up. Yeah. Yep. You passed. That's what I thought. Yeah. But I got the pass. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I don't know, I've heard rumors, but I don't It know. was basically, we've already got a juggler named Bob, you know? And that's what, that's what they told me when I called them up. And I said, why did Bob not get in the program this year? So, well, we, we didn't really... We didn't bring anyone in this year, and we they did. It. They brought in John Stotts. John with the hand balance, Stork, right, the Stork right, right. brother, yeah. But they said, "Yeah, well, we've already got a juggler named Bob," and I was like, "Yeah, but that doesn't matter. There's nothing. That's the yeah. only thing we have in common." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The as shows far are as completely our shows different. Go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know if Bob got in their ear, but he might have. Um, and that was uh, so. I don't know if I was able to help you out that year or the next year. I was like, nope. look, you got to come back. Two years later, I heard that, that what is the problem with Boston? The summer rolls around, all the big acts leave, yep. and there's nobody working. Yeah. And so they were getting upset that there was nobody working. So it's like, we're looking for it. So then I did, I got a hold of you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was different. Like the management can continually changes there, and uh, you know, like there was like certain management you had sway with, and certain management you didn't. Mm -hmm. And at that point, they were just like, "Who are you, Alakazam?" Mm -hmm. You know. And I was like, "Well, I've been here for like a long time, and I know this guy, and he's really good, and he did a kick-ass audition. How come he's not in the program this year?" So that next year, when I agreed to go back, yeah. Um, I was like, I'm not going out for an audition. Yeah. You know, if yeah. they know, I, I know. I'm Here's my know. video. I didn't yeah. work this country for two years. I was so pissed off, not just at, yeah. I was pissed off at America and the way that it's yeah. privatized and, it's, and how there's so many locked shops here. It was bullshit. And yeah. I just left. Yeah. And I didn't work this country for two years. And then I did come back and yeah. and they agreed to they're like no you come out do the shows you can get 
you can hat. Mm -hmm. It's not like the auditions before you could yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's just, yeah, because so I, I, I changed it. I, I kind of had them change the auditions. So it's just like, look, just watch someone street perform. Don't put them on a stage with a big sound system and give them 10 minutes. Like, just let them show up with their equipment, with their amp, and watch them do a street show. Like, mm -hmm. that's how you tell. That's how you audition someone, you know? Mm -hmm. So we, so that was fun. Anyway, when I came back, I... You slayed it. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. How long did you work? You worked the whole, the whole summer, mm -hmm. right? Every day. Every day. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. And you went home with a chunk of change. I bought, paid off Astor's house, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but I worked hard. And so before that, you had were, you were left and you were working in Norway, in Europe, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And just yeah. like doing the whole summer there or what? I'd leave in June sometime. Right. And I'd work Dublin and mm. this and that. I didn't, I haven't, still haven't done many Buskers festivals. Right. Right. I did, uh, I, I did get the Dublin festival. Not when I applied for it. Right. Like I'd stopped applying. Because at this time I'm realizing that street performing works, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm a street performer. Mm -hmm. And I didn't seem to connect. Maybe I'm not a good enough schmoozer maybe i'm not right, yeah, right. i don't i'm not good at keeping relationships right. going like that unless mm -hmm. we're hanging out and yeah, yeah yeah then hey it's cool but you're a festival level act who isn't booked at festivals a lot which is crazy to me you know but you you make it work you go to san francisco you come to boston and you put in the hard yards and you you make the same money you'd make at a festival um but uh, i don't think i like uh, dublin and granted, it wasn't their heydays, yeah. but I worked the streets for 10 days and I keep, I still log every dollar in, every dollar out. Yeah. I still log that. Yeah, progress right. measured is yeah. progress grained. You know? Right, right. And I uh, got to know where you stand and what I'm doing. Yeah. Why am I here? At this point, I'm leaving home and that is why I'm going out. But so you, you don't apply to any more, any festivals anymore? Are you like... You kind of like have you have you, you let that ship sail or I haven't applied. I better get on it. Right. Like I, I had a nice video made. I'm happy with my video. Yeah. Right. I oh yeah, I, it was recent, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I made that video. And uh Have you tried like the European market or anything? I didn't send it out. That's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't send it to anybody. It's right, like, right. Some of those peak summer months I can right now it's guaranteed. Yeah. I'm writing my ticket, I'm writing my show, the festival thing. I didn't like watching the few festivals I did do, it's like if you don't get prime time, if you don't get, the things don't work your, go your way, some people can have an amazing festival mm -hmm. and you're just sitting there with your hands tied. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, wait a minute, I know how to, I know how to survive. Right. You've already got the this. street in your back pocket. I, and I got the world in my back pocket. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. And if it's shit weather that I'm not ready to throw down with, I can just pull the plug early. Yeah. yeah. Find out where I need to be. Yeah. I mean, you're famous for doing that. Just like, you know, you'd be in Boston and like six days early, you just, oh, I'm going to the airport. See you later. <laughs> Boom. I just bought a ticket on my phone. All right. See you later, Bob. <laughs> uh, there were days I would do. Five shows in San Francisco. Yeah. Standing on the pitch there, I remember. Bullshit, I'm out. Boom. 
book a flight, fly the red eye through mm-hmm. the night, yeah. and do five shows in Boston the next day. Right. And, just, and just never miss a beat. Like wow. that summer, I just killed it. It was sitting in a, a, a giant studio barn with a massive industrial fan and a piano. A uh, piano, I didn't realize you had a piano. Do you have a, what, what don't you have? Is there anything you don't have? Uh, yeah, a retirement. Ah, uh, no, you see, dude. You just showed me like the 10 or, or you, you'd lost count of how many houses you own around here, but somewhere around 10, right? So that's know. that's the retirement plan. That is, that's yeah. hopefully. Rental income. Right now, until too. then, I have to keep mm. working to limp it along. And yeah. I've got so many projects going. And yeah, yeah. Houses to remodel. And yeah. It's not all glory, but hopefully it'll pay the way down hey, the road. You get to live here, though. Like, yeah. this is an awesome place. Yeah. It's an awesome part of the world. You get to live, like, away from big cities, and you get to go to the big city to work, and then you get to come back here and... Have your little, little yeah, the last thing empire. I is, uh, and you got you got the, the the rocks right there. You got Zion right there. Mm-hmm. It's sweet, mate. I had a lot of help, so it's great that it's good that you get to live like where you grew up too. Like I can't go live where I grew up, like in the western suburbs of Australia, of Sydney. Like it's, it's a shit show. It's horrible, mm-hmm. but this is like a really nice place to live. So. Congrats, yeah, it's fun. Thank yeah. you for coming up and visiting. No worries. You know, you get to have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, hopefully. It's, <laughs> it's, like it's still going good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's call it quits. Thanks, Bob, at large. All right, thank you. Thanks, Al, for capturing this conversation and Bob for sharing his stories. I'm happy to announce that Stories from the Pitch can now be found on Spotify. However, there is another Stories from the Pitch. It's about football or soccer if you live in North America. Search for this podcast, just type in stories from the pitch and add the word busker after it. All 115 episodes are on there. As always, this podcast is a labor of love, but we do need sponsorship to keep it going and release episodes more frequently. If you'd like to become a sponsor of the podcast, contact me at magic at buskerhalloffame.com. You can also visit the Busker Hall of Fame website and throw the love into our online hat by clicking on the donate button. Or become a sustaining supporter of this project at patreon.com forward slash buskerstories. Thanks in advance for supporting this project and helping keep busking history alive. Music for the podcast came from 357 Lover. Links to both songs are available in the notes section of this episode on the Busker Hall of Fame website. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend about it and leave us a five-star review. It'll help get the podcast noticed, and we'd really appreciate it. If you'd like someone to be interviewed or you feel a certain voice has not been heard, please reach out to me and let me know. We're doing our best to capture interviews and stories with as many performers as we possibly can. It's up to you to help fill in the gaps. So on behalf of myself, Al Miller, who captured the interview and did the preliminary edit, and the rest of the team of the Busker Hall of Fame, remember, if you can't laugh at yourself, find someone else and laugh at them. I'm Magic Brian. Thanks for listening.